0: If you'd like to see the full interview that I conducted with uh, Dr. Roberts, you can head over to St. Mark's YouTube channel. You see the interview with her as well as the folks we introduced you to last week. and you can get a sneak peek of the interview next week that we'll do with with Colonel Jeff Williams, who's an astronaut and currently a co-director of NASA and a person of faith. he's going to talk about some of his insights from doing spacewalks and spending you know over two hundred days in the International Space Station. So YouTube slash St. Mark Houston, you can watch all of those interviews. We take the greatness of this world for granted, don't we? I mean, the beauty of it, the complexity of it, the generosity of this planet towards us, we, we easily and often overlook it. I mean, sure, there are moments, like when you're on family vacation, standing at the rim of the Grand Canyon, where your jaw drops with awe and it hits you how magnificent of a place this planet really is, but, but most of the time, we just overlook it. Like right now, for example as you sit here in church and pay attention to me and sneak looks at your phone, I know how it works. It, it seems as though you are sitting here, in my case, I'm standing here, but that's, that's really not all that's happening. You know, this planet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour right now. Meaning over the course of 24 hours, this whole thing with us on it is gonna do a giant 360. You know, but there's more. This planet itself is moving at 67,000 miles an hour right now. That's just a little bit faster than I go on I-10 in West Texas. 67,000 miles an hour, that's 87 times faster than the speed of sound, which means that by the time this sermon is over, we collectively will have traveled like 27,916 miles together. So if somebody asks you what was the sermon about, you can say, I don't know, but man, he took us on a journey. (laughs) On your laziest, most unproductive of days, where you just lay in bed the entire day, you will have still traveled 1.6 million miles, all while watching murder shows on Netflix. Good for you. And all of that works together to, to create this gravitational pull that makes life in this planet possible. It's amazing. And yet, if you were to pull me aside on a typical Tuesday and ask me, Matt, has anything amazing happened in your world today? I'd be like, no. We, we, we overlook it. We take it for granted, don't we? And yet, if you're a person of faith, what you know is that the Christian scriptures, like page after page after page, especially the Psalms, uh, they call us to lift our eyes and pay attention to the beauties and the wonders of life in this world and to recognize that it is a gift given to us by God. Which is why we get psalms like Psalm 148. It says this. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Now the question you might be asking is this why why would God through his word urge us to recognize and appreciate the beauty that is this planet this whole of creation that he's given to us and to recognize that it comes from him why does he urge us to do this is God some kind of like grand cosmic narcissist who needs constant affirmation and attention is that the deal no it's not for his good it's for our good you see, what God is trying to do in getting us to recognize the beauty of creation and that it all comes from him, he's trying to awake, uh, awaken a sense in us of his providence for us, the depth and the detail and the consistency of his providence for us in creation. He wants to awaken in us an understanding that he is constantly giving and providing for us in every moment and every day in every single thing. 500 years ago, a pastor named Martin was trying to teach families in Europe the basics of the Christian faith, and so he created this thing uh, that we call a catechism, and it's filled with teachings on things like like the Ten Commandments, uh, the Apostles' Creed, uh, the Lord's Supper, and it's intended for families to be able to, to teach one another what it is Christians believe, And in his section on the Apostles' Creed, he he looks at the, the first line, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and he offers an explanation of what it means to believe that, to confess that, that God is the maker. Listen to his explanation. I think this is helpful. He writes, what does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and Wi-Fi, and children and phones. He didn't, write, But if he did today, that would definitely be in there. Land, animals, cars, and all that I have, he richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. See, he not only gives me my body and my life and this world, he gives me everything I need to support it. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all, that is, for, all that, for all this, it is my duty to thank and to praise, serve and obey him. What does it mean to confess that God is the maker of all that you see and enjoy? It is to confess that he is the provider who meets all of your needs and more. Now, I want you to catch the linear progression of this thinking. Why does God call us to recognize the greatness of the world that we live in and the fact that he has given it to us? It's because he wants to awaken an awareness of his constant providence and care for us. But it doesn't end there. When your eyes are open to the providence of God, the result is then, in your heart, peace that comes from God. Open your eyes and see his providence, constant and overwhelming. And when your eyes grasp the providence of God, your heart is filled with peace from God. And that's God's end game. He, he wants your heart to be filled with peace as you fly through this universe at 67,000 miles an hour. Because you know, like I do, that our peace is easily shaken, stirred, or outright stolen. For example, think back to the the beginning of COVID, and we were all afraid we were going to be without TP. Remember that? And then just like a couple of days ago, we're worried about the gas shortage, and people are filling up everything they can find with gasoline, like igloo coolers, Yeti cups, and their SUV with gas. Our peace is easily shaken, stirred, stolen. And so God says to us, look, I want you to take note of the breeze on your neck. I want you to be aware of the birds in the sky. I want you to Appreciate the blue bonnets in the field. I want you to eat some crawfish, mow your lawn, drink a beer, and then give me praise. Why? Because I need it? No, because your restless and easily frightened heart needs to know at every turn, every moment of every day that I'm the great provider. I provide, I provide, I provide. Which stirs in me a question for you. What's threatening your peace right now? I mean, there's always something, right? Like some little annoying dog, like right at, the, right, at the, right at the base of your foot right there, like nipping at your heels, like barking and clamoring for attention, trying to bite at you and claw you, annoy you. Like something's always trying to steal your peace and steal your joy. What is it for you? Is, is it a financial thing? Maybe it's a, it's a work thing or a relationship thing. I mean, it's always something. So what is it for you? But what I want you to do is is picture that thing that's threatening to to stir, to shake, or steal your sense of peace and joy in this world, and I want you to imagine just kind of holding it in your left hand. Just holding it there, whatever that thing is, and there's always something. But then, as you hold this in your left hand, I want you to open up your right hand, and I want you to put something in it. In fact, I want you to place two things in it, connected to what we're talking about this morning. Uh, The first thing that I want you to place in your other hand is this. I want you to open your eyes to the fact that all of the providence of God, the whole of creation, everything that he gives to us, everything that he offers to us and regularly sustains for us, everything that he's made and gives and sustains, all of his providence is unprovoked. Hold that truth in this other hand. The providence of God is unprovoked. Everything that we see and enjoy is unearned and unasked for. Creation is pure grace. We didn't earn it. We didn't ask for it. God just gives it. Every single morning, the sun rises. Every morning, he gives grace after grace. You know why it says his mercies are new every morning? One of his mercies is the morning itself. And the fact that all of creation is still sustained by his hands, and he offers everything to us each and every day his mercies are new every morning. Creation itself is grace. The providence of God is completely unprovoked. Lisa and I, on Tuesday, we will celebrate 19 years of marriage. And over the course of 19 years of being married, uh, we've developed a, a really good kind of understanding of of responsibilities kind of in the home that we've, we've built together. There are certain things that I tackle and take on, certain things that she tackles and take on, and together we conquer the world. And uh, among this division of labors is the understanding that, that I will fix all the things that are broken. Anything that breaks, I will fix it, including children who like, need to be taken like, to the emergency room. I, I, will, I will take that on. Whether it's a table leg or a child's leg, I will fix it. Lisa, on the other hand, she does all of the grocery shopping. Like, I never have to go into H-E-B if I don't want to. I know, I've got it really, really good. It's like every week, there's like this magic grocery fairy that appears in my house and fills our cupboards and our cabinets and our refrigerator. And every once in a while, there's something extra that I didn't expect. Every once in a while, there's some little extra that, that I didn't ask for, I certainly didn't earn, but Lisa, in her shopping at HEB, she'll say, I think Matt would like that. Some, some drink, some snack, some, some new flavor from Blue Bell will arrive at my house just there to surprise me, unprovoked, unearned, unasked for, but given to me. I don't know if you've figured this out yet, but unprovoked Blue Bell ice cream on a Tuesday afternoon is enough to make you feel like king of the world. And, and how do I repay her for this unprovoked generosity and kindness? Like, all I do is fix stuff. Like, I look at her and I'm like, you can break anything you want. And I will do my best to fix it. In fact, I will make five to seven trips to Home Depot just to prove to you how committed I am. Every star in the sky, every molecule of air, every grain of sand on the shores of Galveston, every sip of coffee, every snow-capped mountain is unasked for, unearned, but given to you. You know, there's a parallel in the gospel itself, uh, the work that Jesus Christ has done for the world. God the Father sends his Son to live for you and to die for you and to rise for you. And this wasn't earned by you. This wasn't requested by you. Before you knew you need it, he'd accomplished it. And then it's there, ready and waiting, and he offers it to you, to me, to the whole world. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ announces you forgiven and a member of God's family and it is pure, unprovoked provision. That's what it is. Now, holding on to that truth that the the providence of God is unprovoked, that he gives to you everything you need before you need it, including your Savior Jesus Christ, holding that truth in your hand, do you think that there is anything anything that you could bring to him, that you could request of him, when life gets crazy and you actually make a request of God, do you think he's going to ignore you? The one who provides for you before you ever ask, do you think he's going to ignore you when you do? No. He's the provider. Now, I've got, I've got more for this hand. Not only is the providence of God unprovoked, but it is... To say the absolute least, it is overwhelming in its scale. The size, the complexity, the generosity of what God gives is impossible to wrap our minds around. But it's worth a shot. I mean, you heard Dr. Roberts saying that, that every tree itself, every tree itself... is a a sign a symbol a declaration of god's generosity that everything from the sapling that you just dropped in your backyard to the 3200 year old sequoia in california they are all producing more than they need what's the excess for it's not accidental it's god providing through every leaf through every limb for you for me for us for this whole thing It, it is overwhelming in its scale I mean, think for a second about what what astrobiologists call the Goldilocks principle, the fact that, that our planet sits at a precise distance from the sun, at a precise angle, and that, along with what scientists say, are about 15 other constant and finely tuned factors that hold our galaxy, our solar system, and in particular, our planet in place in such a way that life is possible. Even Stephen Hawking himself, in his famous tome, he said that the... The precision and the care that is exhibited in our universe demands that there be a creator. Now, ultimately, he doesn't believe in one. But even he says, you look at it and go, somebody probably made it. I don't think anybody did. But it's understandable to come to that conclusion. Or think about the fact that within just our little planet, this this aspect of God's grand creation, there is energy and capacity and possibility built into this thing that we've, we've, I think, probably only begun to scrape the surface of. Like, all of our food, all of our clothes, all of our technology is derived from the stuff of this planet. And since we're sitting here in Houston, we have to recognize, like, we're able to, to, to energize this entire planet from the oil that we bring from the ground, right? I mean, that's incredible, Which reminds me, last weekend I officiated a wedding and both the husband and wife work in oil and gas and they didn't have a cake at the wedding. Instead, they had cookies and on the cookies it said, (laughs) make oil $80 a barrel. Again, that was the cookie at their wedding. Every single thing that you see, every molecule of air, all of it, all of it is a sign of God's overwhelming provision every aspect of it Uh, this is why david in the psalms after examining creation he says something like this he says oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth everything you see declares that god is mightier more magnificent and more generous than you can even begin to fathom and again there's a parallel here to the gospel itself to the work of jesus Uh, What we're told and what we believe by faith is that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross is enough to pay for the sin of every person for all time. It's enough to pay for every sin, for every person, for all time. The scale of that provision is impossible for us to wrap our minds around. Through the life, death, and resurrection of that one man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, flows forgiveness without end for every person forever. Now, holding that in this hand as well, holding that in this hand as well, do you think that there is a problem that you could present to our God? An issue, a hurt, a hang-up, some secret, horrible sin that you could present to him that he will not be able to answer, to meet, to resolve with both precision and power? Is there anything that you could hand to this God who provides an overwhelming scale that he would shrug his shoulders at and be like, "Ah, I'm stuck, I got nothing for you? No, his power and his mercy and his goodness will flow even into that. Now, now what's important is you've got these two hands, right? In one hand, you've got that, that thing that is nipping at your heels, trying to steal your peace, and there's always something. You're holding on to whatever that thing is. And then in the other hand, you have the unprovoked and overwhelming providence of God. Now, what you're called to do is this. Take this hand and this hand, and you bring them together. And you hold both of these things in your hands, the anxieties, the fears that you have, and... The unprovoked and overwhelming provision of God as seen in every atom, every molecule that exists in this world. You hold these things together. And the funny thing is that when you hold both these things together, you are in a perfect position to do what? To pray. To lift these hands that clutch both your fears and the truths of God's provision, to lift these hands and your hearts up to heaven and to say, Lord, this is what's got me worried. This is what has me anxious. This is the problem that I can't solve. And also, I know that you give me the breath in my lungs, the ground beneath my feet, the wind at my back, everything. You give everything, every moment, every day, all I see. Here's my worry, and I know you provide all I need. Provide me with peace. Watch what happens. That's an important conversation for us to have because a lot of people are struggling right now. A lot of people of faith are, are struggling like, like spiritually right now after all the stuff we've gone through and continue to go through. Like, like There are many who feel like the peace that's supposed to come from God is a foolish thing to believe in because they don't feel it. They haven't felt it for a long time. They have no idea where to get it from. And, and if that's where you are, I want to I, I wanna close by turning you again towards some words from, from, from that pastor named Martin from about 500 years ago. He, he once wrote this. I think it was in his commentary on the, on the book of, uh, of Genesis. He once wrote this, but, but it stands out to me as a source of comfort. Listen to these words. He says, the power of God is present at all places, even in the tiniest tree leaf. Do you think God is sleeping on a pillow in heaven? God is wholly present in all creation. Let me say that phrase again. God is wholly present in all in all creation, in every corner, behind you and before you. If if you're struggling spiritually to encounter the peace of God, I'm going to ask you to do something silly for me. Not right now, but but later. And The silly thing is this. Would you go for a walk Like a long walk where, where you, leave, um, you leave your cell phone and your, and your AirPods and all of that back at the house. and You just go for a long walk. Be in your neighborhood, wherever. Just go for a long walk. And as you walk, keep your eyes open and your ears open and just take note of all the things that you see and hear, the bird chirping, the concrete beneath your feet, the neighbor Mowing his lawn. Humidity in the air. More humidity in the air. Cars going too fast in your neighborhood. There's kids who live here. Take note of every single thing that you see. But but here's the trick. This is where the magic happens. Don't, Don't just see it as a long list of stuff. See it as God intends it. See, it is proof. Proof of his provision. Everything you take note of, it's not just a bird, it's not just humidity, it's not just a breeze at your back. What it is, is God provides. God provides. God provides. God provides. God provides. And then at the end of your walk, ask yourself, ask yourself this question: If God provides all that I see and His Son Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and secure my future, am I going to be OK? Am I loved? Can I have peace? And the answer, of course, to all those things is yes. May your eyes be opened to the unprovoked and overwhelming providence of God. It's everywhere. May your heart be filled with peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for providing for all of our needs. (laughs) We see some of them, we ignore the majority of them. Open our hearts and minds to see and perceive enough of them that we might be be overwhelmed at just how cared for and blessed we are. We thank you that all the things we enjoy, the most foundational and basic of things, we, we didn't have to ask for, and yet you give that and then some. And we can't even begin to wrap our mind around all that you give to us on a daily basis. It's overwhelming. Awaken in us a fresh knowledge of all that you give to us so that there might not only be gratitude in our hearts but peace in our hearts knowing that you provide everything. Even a savior in whose name we pray. Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.